Welcome to the Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Moutinho, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start! Hi everyone, welcome to one more episode of this podcast. As you are aware, I'm not very into single cell data analysis, but there are so many posts that are being made on X or Twitter that I cannot ignore them. And to be honest, I try to be aware of what is happening. One of these days, I came across two posts that were done by the same person. One post stated, you rise by uplifting others. The second said, Never stop learning. You can learn anything you want. Hashtag RStats, hashtag computational biology. I made a video summarizing my journey learning computational biology. And because this person posted before single cell data analysis related posts, I thought, interesting. We share the same opinion and I think we share the same values. So I went to check out the YouTube video that it is on chat omics a youtube channel with around 2.16 thousand followers don't worry that i will leave all the links as always at the episode podcast description and what surprised me was the title of the video how i transformed myself from a wet biologist to a computational biologist after checking the full video yes i watched all the video I decided to contact its author, the same person that previously posted the X posts or the tweets. By the way, he has 24.3 thousand followers, yes. And he is Ming Tang, Tommy Tang. He is the director of computational biology at Immunitas Therapeutics at Massachusetts. So welcome, Tommy, to the Single Cell World podcast. And first, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Second, I want to tell you that the title of your video can be transformed into one of the frequent questions that I get from single-cell wet lab researchers. How can I transform myself into a computational biologist? And I would love to hear from you how you did it, because this is also one of my questions. How can I learn <laughs> computational biology? But let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? Yeah, first of all, Katia, thanks very much for the invitation. Yeah, um, I'm from China, originally uh, south part of China, a small town. And uh, then I went to Shanghai, a pretty big city, to a bachelor degree. And uh, like I grew up in a low-income family. Uh, my my dad was a teacher, a high, uh, middle school teacher, and my mom didn't have a job. She was caring for me and my sister at home. And when we were a little bit older, Uh, she started to actually sell some groceries uh, in the school to make some money. And uh, she also learned how to uh, mend shoes, actually. It's a really hard job, actually. <laughs> Summer mm -hmm. and in, in winter, and she has, actually has to be outside. So, But uh, uh, she always uh, taught me, okay, Tommy, like if you want to change your destiny, Uh, mm. You have to learn. You have to. You have to study. So I study really yeah. hard when I was <laughs> when I was small. Yeah, when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you decide I want to be a scientist? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I I <laughs> didn't really probably want to be a scientist, or, or I didn't. Uh, let me put it this way: I didn't 
uh, I didn't have the idea of what a scientist is and how it looks like. Maybe actually when I was uh, in the fifth grade, I wanted to be maybe a businessman. (laughs) I said, okay, so I I can (laughs) have some money. I can like improve the life of uh, the family, you know. And yes. but then, like as I as I told you, like uh, the life was hard, but I studied pretty hard as well. So I actually got into uh, the best uh, high school, the best middle school first, and the best high school. Like I was ranking number one <laughs> in the county. Wow. Then I uh, went up to uh, uh, Shanghai, Jiaoxing uh, University mm-hmm. is also one of the top schools in China. So really, there I had the opportunity to learn a little bit more about what's out there because it's, it's a good mm-hmm. university and they have a really good atmosphere uh, for students to go abroad. So they have organizations uh, essentially teach you how to study the exam because you have to take the TOEFL or like... Uh, uh, GRE, those exams, English mm-hmm. exams to be able to like, get into the US. So it was really good at a atmosphere there. So I, uh, mm-hmm. I started to prepare for, for those exams. I didn't know like I want to be a scientist, but then, <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, uh, the best thing for me to get a PhD actually in the States is uh, I got a stipend. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's free actually to, to do a PhD. I know. And also they give you the stipends. I think mm-hmm. that's actually the primary reason that I, yeah. uh, I, mean, I got into science and then yeah. I joined this wet lab, a uh, molecular mm-hmm. cancer biology study like uh, at the University of Florida. That was back 2008. Okay. Yeah. yeah, don't worry, because if you ask me also when you decided to be a scientist, I will tell you I didn't. <laughs> In my case, it was like opportunities that were showing up and I had, okay, I like this. I'll, and then I tried the wet lab. I like this. I will continue. It was a little bit like that, because yeah. as you said, I didn't know back then what w- was to be a scientist, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. yeah, life is very interesting. Like, yeah. You may think everything like happens in random, but then you, when you look back, oh, there's a path actually to, to lead you here. Yes. Yeah. So the PhD opportunity came in the States, as you mentioned. Oh, yeah. So, so my major was uh, plant biotechnology. So I was mm-hmm. applying to anything that biology related uh, PhD okay. programs in the States. So I was just looking uh, online, okay, which school has a PhD program in biology, like genetics. And then also I need to think about, okay, uh, those top schools, maybe my GPA is not good enough. So like I actually applied like 15 or 20 schools. And uh, and even mm-hmm. for this uh, University of Florida, actually I'm really grateful. Like I was on the waiting mm-hmm. list. So really like the second <laughs> round I got into this program and I was really lucky. And yeah, so that's mm-hmm. how actually how I did that. So I applied a bunch of them, really top ones, middle ones, and then mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And did you got a lot of rejections? Because this is something also that uh, when people listen to us and they think, ah, they are like in this position now, they, I don't know, they have a lot of followers. People think that we were not rejected, no. our brands, but it's not true. And this is really oh. important <laughs> to make yeah, it clear yeah. that I got a lot of rejections. <laughs> what yes, about you? I, yeah, I got a lot of rejections too. So, I mean... That probably was the first time that I feel a little bit desperate because I was a really good yeah. student. Like when I was in high school, I, I ranked number one. And, but then no one could succeed like overnight. Actually, if you see somebody <laughs> succeed, 
that's 10 years work actually after yes <laughs> you know, be, be, before that right so of course i got rejection from many schools and even for this one i was on the wait, waiting list but i was lucky enough to get get into the program and i i really i'm really grateful for that because you know i don't have to pay for yeah. the tuition mm-hmm. and I get a stipend I, I can support myself i even actually save some money and give it to my mom <laughs> so which yeah was, you're fine yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, because when you move to the States, I saw in your YouTube video uh, that I really recommend to everyone that is listening to us to go and check your YouTube video where you talk about your experience. When you move from Shanghai to the States, you didn't have a lot of money to to go with, right? You, you had a small budget that you, you needed to manage. I was a single, so, so even... Mm-hmm. Though, like many people complain, okay, the PhD stipend is not uh, maybe enough. I mean, of course, if you have family, it's it's it's, it's yeah. kind of like minimal. But I was single. I was was share was sharing like rooms with other <laughs> students. Yeah. So my cost is was actually really low. So, but I actually just enjoyed the time like, that mm-hmm. learn, to learn a lot of new things, the wet lab technologies. All these assays. I even did some Northern blot here, <laughs> really old technology. <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah. I also did then Southern blot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think maybe some people will not know what is this anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so yeah. And when did you decide to share your experience, to share your knowledge on the social media? Uh, really, I okay. As I mentioned, like I was actually studying in a molecular cancer biology lab. Well, lab, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I four years into my PhD, I I already had two first order papers in respectable journals. I was pretty happy, but then one day mm-hmm. my advisor asked me to <laughs> analyze this public available chip sequencing data. So that's around 2012, and I downloaded the data. I just couldn't open it with Excel. It crashed it. So. <laughs> And mm-hmm. then the first time, also maybe the second time, I realized, okay, maybe I need to uh, learn some data analysis skills. So that's mm-hmm. actually when I started to share things on social media because uh, I actually before that I uh, read a blog post by Stephen Turner. At that time, he mm-hmm. was the uh, uh, bioinformatics core director at the University of Virginia. And he has a blog post, How to Stay Current on Bioinformatics. And at that time, mm-hmm. I just started to, to learn. And I'll mm-hmm. say, oh, you have to follow these people, these people on Twitter. And that's how I actually started uh, my Twitter account mm-hmm. to follow people. And at the same time, he also suggests, okay, those are the blog posts, uh, blog blogs that you need to follow. And then I started my own blog. And really, what I did initially was just to share what I learned, actually. Okay, mm-hmm. I... At this problem, I don't know how to install this tool. I don't know how to analyze this data. And I, I then I figured it out by Google around. Then I just wrote it down and in, in the blog. And then I shared it on Twitter with other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how yeah. I started 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. The, the other day, your post on Twitter where you explained that 10 years already passed and you, at the beginning, you didn't have a lot of followers. I saw your tweet and I thought, yeah, it's true, Katya. You need time. We need time. Yeah, yeah. It's, yes, it's yes. time, I and mean, yeah. <laughs> if you take the right perspective, time. Yeah. You you are set to to succeed because as as we all talked about, like no one succeed overnight, right? It's all no. about decades work, right? So when I started, I didn't have any followers. Like I started 
with zero, right? So, but then <laughs> what you do, right? But of course, initially I was just tweeting random things like, um, yeah. like complaining about the bioinformatics problems. <laughs> but if you really want to uh, increase your your followers, I mean, there's a key thing that you have to follow. You want to add values to your audience. Yes. But, but mm-hmm. at first, you don't even have any audience, right? So what you need to do, you have to go to those big accounts. Like for example, yeah. they already have the audience. You comment uh, in their threads. Okay, the valuable, you know, comments, uh, ask genuine mm-hmm. questions. And their followers will see your comments and they will come to see your profile. And if you give them values, yeah. they will follow you as well. That's how it started. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, I cannot complain, to be honest. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> complain. I didn't add zero uh, like followers, but yeah. <laughs> yes. No, yes. It, it's question of time. As with everything, we need just to keep going, doing a good job and not quitting. Anyway. Yes. So what about single cell data analysis? Let's see. Is it so different the type of analysis that you do when you are comparing it to the bulk data analysis mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. RNA-seq? Yeah. Okay. Let me start with my own story, like how I started yes. like, analyzing single cell data, sure. or even how I started to learn computation skills, right? So you also mentioned actually before this, like you have to master the basic skills first, right? Just like you are doing mm-hmm. experiments, you you know how to culture the cells, how to extract DNA, how to extract RNA, those things, right? For data analysis, you have to master those basic skills. For example, Unix, you, you know how to use command line because most of bioinformatics tools, they're written uh, to run on command line, okay? Mm-hmm. And second is you, you can learn Python or R, but then you have to learn how to wrangle the data, meaning how to uh, uh, take in the data into different shapes so or clean the data. Those are the basic skills, right? And after you master those basic skills, then you pick one of the like, sequencing, for example, data type to start with. For me, I started with chip sequencing because uh, mm-hmm. I was in a gene regulation lab and we study a lot of uh, transcription vector binding or histone modification enrichment in the genome. Okay, you just take one data type. So from public, da- uh, from public uh, data repository, you download the raw data and take a look how it looks like, like FASTQ files. What, what, what does that mean, right? So mm-hmm, it's, yeah. it's from the sequencer, it's FASTQ files. Yes. And then you just go through the process, like the routine process. Okay, FASTQ files, I need to align to the genome. If it's mm-hmm. RNA-seq, I need to map to the transcriptome. So there are different tools for those process. And then you should learn for one data type. And then you can easily extend to other data types. For example, I didn't know how to analyze single cell data, but I started with ChIP-seq, mm-hmm. and then RNA-seq, then whole genome, whole exon, like mm-hmm. for mutation callings. And I also did some uh, uh, bisulfite sequencing data, uh, ATAC sequencing data. Okay, then I, really because I have mastered all the basic skills, like how to run commands, how Mm -hmm. to wrangle the data in Python R, then it's really a matter of getting to know the standard process for a new data type. For example, for single cell, because you already have experience of bulk RNA sequencing, actually it's very Mm -hmm. similar as well because... okay. Yeah, for bulk RNA sequencing, it's like you have multiple samples and, mm-hmm. and then you have 20,000 genes, right? But then for single cell, it's really 20,000 genes, then the column will be millions of cells or tens of millions mm-hmm. of cells. But then the process is similar because for single cell, you also align those reads, also the FASTQ files, the same thing. 
alignment yes. to the transcriptome. But now the difference is that now you have a cell barcode, so you know this transcript is from which cell. So that's the only mm -hmm. difference, right? And in terms of pre-processing, but then in terms of post-processing, in in the end, as I mentioned, you get so you from the raw FASTQ files, then you you do the alignment, and you also do the quantification. Essentially, you count how many reads is from this gene, mm -hmm. from this cell, right? Then in the end, you get this huge, huge data matrix. So the rows are the genes, twenty thousand genes in yes. human columns will be just cells. So essentially. For single cell, you start with that for your downstream mm -hmm. analysis. And for bulk RNA sequencing, the rows are the genes, columns are the samples, and that's also a data matrix. That's why you really need to start with the basic because essentially you're dealing with data matrix. So if you yeah. know R mm -hmm. or Python, how to uh, subset the data, how to transform data, how to principal component analysis, skill set mm -hmm. is the same for different data types. Of course, single cell has its own challenges because uh, yeah. there are many uh, dropouts. Or people say dropouts, like many zeros, <laughs> like because it's very sparse. <laughs> These are different terms yes. because there are many zeros for 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 um, for a cell like certain genes. So, and you you have to treat it a little bit differently. But I would mm -hmm. say, in general, if you know the basics, you can always apply the skills to a new data type. That's how I learned. Right now, after you you explain this. Now I know that I have more knowledge than I thought I had about data analysis because why I asked about a comparison between bulk and single cell uh, mm -hmm. data analysis because I did bulk data analysis. Mm -hmm. But for example, I didn't realize that the basic skills, as you say, that I use there can be mm -hmm. translated for single cell data analysis. Yeah. That is good to know. So the first thing that you will recommend to someone that is 100% wet lab person, mm -hmm. but uh, that person will know about the sequences, about the FASTQ, I think yeah. is there where uh, the knowledge stops when we are 100% wet lab. So what skills should uh, we learn? Like the first skill should be code, right? Yeah, so it really depends on like your okay. interest, right? So if <laughs> you, like you, like if you are not mm -hmm. really into coding, probably don't force yourself to learn. Find a <laughs> Thank really, you. find a really good collaborator, right? So communicate yes. with them. I think that's the key. But really, if you want to learn computational mm -hmm. biology, like what I did, because I really like to do yes. things on computers, so that's why I spent so much time, like uh, during my PhD, like uh, learning online and reading books, mm -hmm. you know. And if you really want to learn, I think the first thing you want want to learn is Unix commands. I think it, it's mm -hmm. everywhere because you have to know how to use it because mm -hmm. all the commands, all the tools, for example, alignment, they are run on the commands like BWA, like a star, like for those aligners, you have to use commands. So, but of course, mm -hmm. the, the, the next thing that you want to learn is uh, uh, a language like Python or okay. R. Mm -hmm. like either one is okay, like depending on which one. Uh, you like mm -hmm. before. like for me I pick up like R and and because it's just more intuitive to me for more people like Python okay. is more intuitive uh, but I use both but I primarily use R for um, data wrangling data visualization and the other good uh, benefit of R is it has a really good community called Bioconductor so it has many packages that you can 
used to analyze different type of data is already mm -hmm. built by others. So, and the visualization is very nice in R if you know ggplot2 and, mm -hmm. and highly recommend. So you learn, if you learn R, so you learn how to wrangle the data, shape the data, how to visualize the data. And that's most about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you really want to go deeper, like, uh, I want to apply machine learning, other stuff. Then, <laughs> then you can you you can learn a little bit other stuff. Yeah. Okay. The the advice that you gave to me is what I normally I say. Instead of learning, unless you really want to learn data analysis, mm -hmm. instead of learning, um, do a collaboration with someone that is expert on data analysis, specific yeah. for the type of data that you will get, because single cell RNA seq will be differently um, analyzed when we compare to single cell attack seek. So mm -hmm. a person that really knows how to analyze the type of data that you have. This is always my advice. But yes. in case someone will like to learn, uh, yes. so start with what you said. Yes, yes. what yeah, you mentioned. <laughs> exactly. So you have, because if you are in a PhD program, you have to publish mm -hmm. this paper, right? And yeah. it has a time frame. Like you have to do this, finish this like yes. within two or three years. and as I told you, everything takes effort. Great things take mm -hmm. great effort. So you might be able to learn like how to analyze single cell data, but it can take you like several years. So you, you have to just be prepared for, for the time. Yeah. And if someone, it is a person that really likes, it's into learning data analysis, how long it will take to um, get like the basic skills? Do you have an idea? I know yeah. that it will depend with the person, but yeah, how yeah, long yeah. It, it took to you? It took me like almost one year to get really comfortable on the command line mm -hmm. because it's very different from what I usually interact with the computer, right? So a command line mm -hmm. interface is just a black box. I and know. then there's a like cursor there blinking, ah, waiting for you to type in things, you hit enter. And then <laughs> the uh, computer execute that program and give you some output, right? So you have to be really comfortable like with that and navigating in the system, go to the right folders that you want to go to. And you know what? In the very beginning, it was funny. Like I see people doing so fast, they're typing so fast. I was, oh, it's amazing. Like how can they do so fast? And later mm -hmm. I, I I learned that they're just changing into different like directories, like different folders. Like yes. yeah, it's really fast. But because you are so used to it, because the memory is built into your muscle, your fingers, you can just do that really fast. Yeah. So it's all yeah, about practice, uh, like anything. Yeah, anything. I have to be honest and tell you that the black box uh, makes me afraid. It's like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Initially, like I, I, yeah, I was afraid of it too. Once you master it, you will yeah, love I it. Know, I you, know. you will yeah. love it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It, it, you know, my feeling was like, okay, if I write something wrong, it will delete everything that I have in the computer. <laughs> this is what I'm afraid of. No, no. Yes, I, yes. It's what you said. It's practice and it, as always, learning, learning. It's happening every day. We are with, I don't know, Chat uh, GPT. Mm -hmm. uh, we are learning, at least me, I'm learning every day how to write a prompts properly yeah. to get. Yes. But so, yeah, as always, we need to, to make the effort to learn and uh, yeah. yeah, and the time <laughs> needs yes, to pass. Exactly. Yeah. And now I have like a question, your opinion. Do you believe that the single cell company's software, it will be sufficient to analyze the data to publish? My opinion mm. is it is not, but I'm not an expert on <laughs> data analysis. What about your opinion? Yeah, I think 
Uh, there are many nice actually software tools, uh, like commercial available tools that you can do certain analysis and those like maybe GUI thing that you can point, drag, and click those things. I think I think for for the regular analysis can, but my experience that you always need some customer analysis, which the because the software is like a general use, like people can do the same thing, but then for each project for each experiment you have some specific questions you want to ask then you really need to actually be able to manipulate the data subset data dig into this ask a different question to test different hypotheses so i don't think it it, it can actually <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but but some, of, but some of those tools are really useful so what i did in my last uh, paper uh, when I was in Dana Faber. So I was the computational biology. I was doing the analysis mm-hmm. purely on commands. And But uh, the web biologist also wants to play with the data somehow interactively in the school year, right? So 10x, they have the, their own browser. And we were using uh, BioTouring, this browser. And it's really useful. So they, I can create a threat object if this is a package for analyzing single cell data in R or ScanPy project, an object. I can give them to those web biologists. They can actually mm-hmm. upload those into those interactive, you know, uh, software. And we are actually looking at the same thing. So, mm-hmm. so, so actually give them really intuitive actually figuring how the data look like. So then we can communicate with each other. They find something interesting. And if the software cannot do that analysis, they will tell me, okay, Tommy, I want to do this. This software cannot do it. Can you do it for me? Like in R Mm -hmm. and Python. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Yeah. There are a lot of softwares, not only uh, by that are commercialized by the single cell companies, because now what I see is that a company that sells a kit, single cell kit, has also a software specific to analyze their data. Mm. But besides this, there are other companies that are more data analysis and they also um, have software that is very interactive and it's very easy, friendly use Mm -hmm. uh, for wet lab researchers. Yes. There's a need, actually. Definitely there's a need there because Mm -hmm. those web biologists do need a tool, software that is easy to use and for them to actually get to know the data quickly, right? So mm-hmm. there's a need for that, definitely, yes. Yeah, and I don't know if you agree, but again, I always advise for someone that is expert on data analysis to be included in the projects. And these, it should this person should be included in the beginning before yes. you start planning the experiment. Do yes. you agree with this? Yeah, yeah, I actually was going to say that. So you want yeah. to actually include a, a computational biology or bioinformatician or even a statistician before you carry out the experiments, right? Because one of the uh, mistakes uh, people make is is introducing a batch effect for your experiments. <laughs> if you have some, one is control cells, the one is the treatment cells. And if you just sequence them or do the experiment in different day for your control, and for your, for your, for your experiment, uh, for your uh, like drug treated, for example, and you do them in different day and you sequence them in different day, then in the end, you really don't know the difference. It's because of your treatment or it's because yeah. those technical issues. So you mm-hmm. want to have a more balanced uh, experimental design so you can have your um, treatment uh, control and treated group sequence in the same day. And then you also have another batch sequence in the same day. 
and then you put them together, at least you you can actually separate them by computational methods. Yeah. Yeah, this that you are telling is crucial for after for us to have good results, good quality results. Some people they don't uh, really think about this how to decrease all the the ways that we can decrease batch effects while we are planning our experiments. Yes, yeah. this is completely yeah crucial. So let me see more questions. Yes, you have a book. Well, you have different books, right? But there is one where by the title I didn't read it yet but I will that you explain how a wet lab researcher can get new skills and become a computational biologist right right can you tell me a little bit about this book that you have sure sure, sure. so the title of the book is from cell line to command mm-hmm. line then essentially how I transform myself from a web biologist to a computational biologist so really because during the past 10 11 years, I I learned quite a bit, so I accumulated a lot of notes and small things that I learned. Also, I wrote a lot of blogs, uh, posts, and what I really did is I kind of summarized all those things together into a book format to, to help you to learn with a clear roadmap. Because when I started, I really didn't know even how to start or where to start, which course should I take, what books yeah. should I read. And in this book, I actually uh, outline all those uh, really useful resources that I collected. And, uh, and also, I demonstrated uh, in code how you can analyze some common data types, for example, bulk mm-hmm. sequencing, and uh, how you can actually organize the, your uh, batch scripts into into like workflows using, for example, snake make uh, workflow languages. And and how to deal with spreadsheet, how to use spreadsheet correctly, like use consistent names, like those small things. Uh, so to be honest, like many people even don't know how to use uh, spreadsheet uh, appropriately. So properly. Yeah. So, and there are many tips there, like uh, about 400 pages, like in PDF. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, so if you want to take a look, it's in, in my yes. uh, website, uh-huh. uh, divingintogeneticsandgenomics.com. Mm-hmm. That's my website. So you will find my book. Yeah, I will leave all the links in the podcast description for um, everyone that is listening to us to go there and have access and have a look on your blog on your youtube channel on this book i love the title i thought "Mm, here is a book that i will read for sure and is there some other resources like for example a lot of people ask me do you know about a data analysis course where i can learn about single cell data analysis Mm -hmm. i'm always saying no i don't know because normally i try to recommend the things that I I try, the online courses. But do you have any recommendation? You that are you are an expert on this? Yeah, yeah. I think you can uh, start with some data carpentry uh, courses. Those those are mm-hmm. free. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a nonprofit organization teaches like like non-programmers how to to computation. So and they have uh, different curriculums. I and mean, one of the curriculum is called genomics. So it teaches you how to use commands, uh, command line, and how to use R to do, like, for example, RNA sequencing analysis. So those are the basics. As I mentioned, you want to master those basics first, right? And then uh, you, for single cell specific uh, tutorials, I uh, like in my uh, GitHub repository, I have uh, one specific single cell, and I collected many uh, 
open uh, free courses that you can take uh, from other universities mm -hmm. and and you can go there and take a look uh, if you want to okay. uh, just do single cell okay yeah and now my last question and then is your free time you can talk about whatever you want is what was the biggest challenge when you were translating from the wet lab to the um, the computational analysis Yeah, the biggest challenge, biggest challenge, as I as I mentioned, is I didn't know how to start. Even yeah. I didn't have people to turn to. Like uh, mm -hmm. when I was uh, at University of Florida, I was the only one on the floor because who was learning bioinformatics because it's a wet lab, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and didn't have people to to turn to. And I um, I had a lot of questions, but I I don't know how to solve. So I mm -hmm. had to actually Google around. And go to those um, uh, forums, you know, like, so those are two forums you also want to go to, like Biostars talk and the other one called mm -hmm. seekanswers.com. So those are bioinformatics forums that you can ask questions and people can mm -hmm. help you. But I also have a video how to ask good questions. So make sure <laughs> when you ask questions, provide enough details, context, so people yeah. can help you easily. So the rule is that you are asking other people to help you. And your job is to make their life easier because you are already consuming other people's uh, energy. You want to make their life a little bit easier to answer your question more easily. So yes. provide enough context, even uh, paste some of the code that you, 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 you wrote into, into those posts so people can really diagnose the problems for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would say, yeah, that's the biggest challenge. And for now, there's so many online courses that you can take. <laughs> I think. You, you just need yeah. to uh, uh, find a course and really dig into it and learn the basic skills and start with a mm -hmm. new real project so you can really practice what you learned theoretically yes. into practical life. That's always the key, how you learn. Yes. Yeah. Nowadays, I will say that there is so many information that is very difficult for someone, like it is happening in the wet lab. It is difficult for someone really know what is the best for them like for example i'm talking about kids there are so many options that people say okay i want to do this but i don't know what is the best but for that they have your twitter account or x account now <laughs> that they can follow <laughs> yes so follow ming tang tommy in on twitter you also have linkedin account yes right? i do yes do you have other social media No, that's Or, the two major ones that I'm using. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. As I always say, ask, ask people, ask, for example, us. We can reply to, to all yes. the messages. And yes. yes, that's... Would you like to tell something else? I just want to encourage everybody who who is at the early stage of your career or you're at the early stage uh, learning something new, just be persistent. And uh, you take the time, you take the effort and you will get the reward. So um, mm -hmm. don't think you can be like, uh, you can be an expert of data analysis in three months, right? So it takes years of experience. So take your time, just be present there, like, you know, learning new things every day, you will see the results in 10 years. Yeah, that's yeah, my I, advice. I completely agree. And also say to everyone that is listening to us, take advantage that you know ourselves through social media and do questions if we don't know and we cannot help we will send you to someone that can because i'm sure exactly. i don't know about you but i know a lot of people that uh, for example in data analysis that 
I don't know, but I say, okay, contact this person, ask this other one, and this I think it's essential. So yeah, thank you so much for being here today. It was super, super inspiring, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Bye. Thank you, everyone that is listening to us and see you next week. Yes, next week in September, I will start the live episode podcast. I will record it live. It will start on Twitter, then LinkedIn and then Instagram. And these recordings will be after available as a podcast episode. So in these episodes, I will take all the questions. You can give your opinion. So it's really live. You can participate. And here my goal is get closer to everyone that is making part of this community. Ah, before I go, a special thanks to Danny and to Alex that pay me a coffee. And this means they support this podcast. Thank you everyone again and see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Single Cell World podcast. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. For more tips or advice, follow me in Instagram or Twitter at Single Cell World or simply subscribe our website or blog at www.thesinglecellworld.com. Well, I will wait for you next Monday with a new episode. Mm-hmm.